today. Um, I'm really excited about the, the word that God has given me to close out this series of unity. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited because when God started dealing with me about it, he, he just really started talking about how um, we wonder why some things break down, but we don't often understand and know what and why things break down. And so on today, we're, we're, we're going to be talking about unity and the destroyers of unity. But before I go into that, let's just bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise and we give you glory. Lord, I, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight. Father, I thank you for all of who you are and what you're doing. God, I pray that your word, um, would, 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 it's already anointed, but your word uh, would not come back to your void because you said when your word is sent forth, God, that it's not going to return void, but help it to let it encourage someone. Let, us, let it make us become more aware of what you're trying to say to us during this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we are talking about the destroyers of unity. And so what we've been doing every Sunday, it, you all ought to know the definition of unity at this particular time. Unity is uh, continuity without deviation or change, um, as in a purpose or an action. Um, it's also a shared sense of mission, the same way of thinking. Uh, uh, when two people think together, they, they say that they're walking in agreement. They're, they're walking in unity. And then it's a state of being undivided. Um, uh, there's no division because you guys are thinking alike. And so when, and, and Sister Nikki, I loved it. My heart just was so blessed. She delivered that word on last week that talked about cultivating unity. How we cultivate unity. Yes, yes. Praise God. Cultivating unity. And um, we oftentimes think of cultivation as an agricultural term from, from the farming sense. And, and if I can get my, my dish there, um, from, a, from a farming sense, um, and it, it, it's, it's talking about, uh, in, in a more general sense, it means to cultivate or to improve um, uh, or train something, someone or something. When you cultivate it, you're training. Think about how when we get honey, we get honey because there are bee farmers that go and, and train and cultivate bees to produce honey. Y'all with me on that? Um, and so, uh, and, and then it's the act of fostering growth of something and an act of digging into or cutting up. There are some times that in order to, to have something to bloom and to blossom the way that it's supposed to be, there are some things that got to be cut up. There's some things that got to be dug around. Y'all ever seen uh, uh, something that's thriving, but yet um, it, it's not thriving the way that it could because there's the, the surface is hard and there's no way to get the water in. And so you got to go in and, and break up that foul ground. You got to dig some things up. Um, so I'm at a loss or a disadvantage right now because we got one screen. So on the screen here, um, I wanted to show this because I, I was speaking to one of our partners on this week, and she's taking a college class that deals with, uh, what's the name of it? Biology, but it was another word that you use. Entomology. entomology. It, it, it talks about insects. And so if you look at this picture right here, this picture, uh, and, and I want you to see on the top of how 
there's some greenery, but on some sides of it, it it's some rough and, and somewhere there's nowhere that things cannot grow. But if you look beneath where there's things that's not growing, what do you see beneath it? You see something that has tunneled in and, it, and is, is obstructing the roots from growing. You see something that's in the, in the dirt there. You see snails. You see something that is, is obstructing the growth of whatever should be on top. But then on this side, you see the earthworms. Earthworms are good for aerating the soil. They are, and there are certain insects and certain things that are good, but then there are certain things that are beneath the soil that are not good, that hinders growth. And so what we have to do is we have to go and, and dig up those things and take out those things that hinders growth, that, that, that stops things from producing the way that it produces. I wanted to bring this plant. This plant, on the surface, it looks good, right? Looks wonderful. But how many of you know it, it was a unit? It, there was unity. Y'all looking at it like, what's going on? Well, first of all, somewhere along the line, something happened. One part is flourishing, but the other part over here is not flourishing. So therefore, there is something that is in the soil. There is something that this side did not get that this side received. And so therefore, what needs to happen is, I need to figure out what it is, first of all, and then once I figure out what it needs and what it's missing and what I need to do, then I need to go and I need to dig around it so that it, now at this particular point, there ain't no bringing this back because this is dead. But if I would have caught it, but see, that, listen, listen to this. There are some times that we catch things before it's too long, but how many of you know that the Holy Spirit can come in and bring life to anything? We may not be able to bring light to it, but the Holy Spirit can come in and give light. And so at this particular point, I need to pray real hard, Holy Spirit, cause this, cause this part that is dead to regenerate. Because God is a regenerating God. God is a renewing God. God is a delivering God. So whatever is dead within us, and so I want to look at cultivate from the means of our own bodies, from the means of our own self, because we are flesh and we are earth. Y'all don't believe that, do you? We came from earth, and we're going to go back to earth. Amen? So therefore, the Bible says that in, in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. So that means that things can dwell within our flesh. Amen? So we want to talk about, and, and our aim, and my aim on this morning is to show you things that can break down the unity, break down the unity within your own spirit, man, but then also can break down the unity of a group. And, and, and more importantly, of uh, an organization or whatever it is that you are connected to. So let's look at the first, um, let's look at the, the destroyers of unity. To destroy means to damage something so severely that it can no longer exist or can never return to its normal state. That's destroyed. I destroyed that plant because it can no longer come back to its original or normal state. It means to put an end to something or an existence of something by damaging it or attacking it. There are times that the enemy will come in and try to uh, 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 damage something to where it is of no longer use, to where it is hard to be used. But if he cannot damage it, he's going to continue to attack it. He's going to attack your mind. 
He's going to attack your, how you feel about yourself. He's going to attack you in what you see. He's going to attack you in your vision. He's going to attack you in your purpose. And so therefore, what we have to do is we have to understand what the enemy is doing. We have to understand that he's coming to destroy, to kill, and to steal. Steal your peace. Steal your joy. Steal your comfort. Steal your, your peace of mind. Steal your, your, your just from being anxious. A lot of times we're anxious. And even during this time of the year, I have some friends that are, um, that are therapists. And they said that this is the time of the year that anxiety and that there are so many uh, um, uh, issues. And they see so many clients during this time of the year because it is a lonely time. It is a time that people commit suicide. It is a time that people deal with things. Why? Because they feel it, the, the enemy is attacking them during this time of the year. And then I like the last part. It says to cause such severe problems. It's not dead. It's not irreparable. But there's so many problems that you can't even exist. So many situations that, that distract you from what God would want you to do. So let's look at the first, and, and there's going to be five of them. Five destroyers of unity that I, I decided to pull out and that I did some research on. So the first one is poor communication. Poor communication is the first one. Communication, a lot of times we think of communication as the act of speaking. But it's not only the act of speaking, but it's also the act of what has been said. So I can communicate something to you, but if you don't understand what has been said, it's of no value to you. Y'all get me? Yeah. So when we communicate, we got to make sure that we're not only speaking properly, but, but the hearer also understands what we said. Uh, 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 Sister Nikki said it's so great. It's like in, 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 in the ways of communication, um, repeating something back and said, I heard you say. Or let me understand you. This is what you're saying. Yes. And so that is communication because it's letting the person know that what was communicated was communicated properly. Because when that check-in is done, then you, they, when, you're, when they're repeating it back, you know, that's not what I meant. Because a lot of times, how many of you know that our communication begins in our mind before we ever speak it out of our mouth? And there are times that we're thinking and we're not even listening to what someone is saying. But we're thinking and we're so off from what they're saying. And so that check-in helps us to understand what is being said. Um, and so it means to converse. So let's look at um, Judges, the 17th, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, the 17th. Yeah, the 17th chapter in the 6th verse, because uh, Judges 21 and 25 also says the same thing. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. Israel had no king. Let me put the context behind this scripture. The context behind this scripture in the book of Judges or in the Old Testament, the kings were the ones that created the rule. The kings were the one that went forth and spoke to the people. The kings were the ones that communicated to the people of God. Just like our, our heavenly father is a king. And so our heavenly father communicates to us direction. The, the heavenly father communicates to us Things that we need to do. Amen? So, it says, in those days there was that it had no king. And so it said all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Because they had no one to communicate to them 
what was right. And so the judges were in control. The judges were the ones, the judges, just like our natural judge, they dealt with the law. They dealt with the, thing, the matters of the law. They knew nothing about how to, how to lead and to rule people. And so they had no, no way of giving them any direction because the judges were the works of all. And so it said that in that day, everyone did everything that was in, uh, right in their own eyes. Um, and, and, and in the book of Judges, they went through a series of judges until Saul eventually came on the scene. This was after the, the, the uh, death of Joshua and, and in between uh, Saul coming on board. And so if you read the book of Judges, read it, and, and um, it just blew my mind. In the book of Judges, there were so many law, unlawful acts. There were so many gory things that took place in the book of Judges. In the book of Judges, uh, um, there was a person that got a, a tent peg pushed, uh, uh, nailed through their head. Y'all think I'm joking. Go read it. Can you imagine a, a tent peg going through your head, crushing your skull. Women and children were raped and killed and, 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 and just sacrificed. This was during the time of judges. Everybody was doing with no regard. And when I was looking at this scripture um, and thinking about it, uh, it, it really blew my mind because I began to cry because when I look at this day and time, we are, on, we are at that point in time to where that people are doing things with no regard to the consequences of their actions. We are in that time, y'all, to where people are just killing and shooting. Uh, you know, all the shootings that took place in the school on this week and, and different on the bases, uh, a place where you should feel secure to go to work. And someone comes in that day and decides that, hey, I'm going to shoot up some people. There is no regard, no, no restraint. Um, people are doing what is right in their own eyes. Um, uh, and, and, and even during that time, they were worshiping idols even more. And so God was just so displeased. And so that's why the word of God says that um, uh, people did what was right in their own eyes. They may not have had a physical king, but the thing is they also did not recognize their heavenly king. Praise God. They didn't recognize their heavenly king. And understand that the heavenly king, if they would have just acknowledged the one true God, he would have gave them some directions, even though there was not a physical person to tell them what to do. And even with us, we have to understand that we may not have someone giving us day by day, a physical person giving us direction from moment to moment, but you have Holy Spirit that will direct you if you just ask. He will lead you and he will guide you. He will tell you what to do. He will tell you, no, 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 don't do that. I was in a store yesterday and I was, I was thinking about y'all and I was just picking up stuff. I'm going to just be honest. I was picking up stuff. And I was like, hold up, hold up. Let me, let me back up a little bit. And, and I picked up stuff and then I started looking for some more stuff and Holy Spirit put me in check. Holy Spirit said, get out of this store. <laughs> and I was like, huh? And so I said, I'm going to ignore that voice right there. That's mine. And I went down another aisle. Holy Spirit said, I said, get out this store. I said, yes. And I pushed my little basket. What I had, I pushed it on up and said, yes, Lord. But I came within the budget that I wanted to. See, if you just listen to the Holy Spirit, he will lead you and keep you within the guidelines that you need to be kept in. Amen. So. I, I put, if the next steps aren't made clear, 
people will typically do the things in whatever that seems best to them. And so when there is a lack of communication, poor communication, people are going to do what seems best for them. So when we look at it in the context of unity, if we're seeing some disunity, then first of all, as me being the leader needs to ask, what do I need to do to communicate? I first need to communicate with that individual and ask, is everything okay? Uh, 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 wh what's going on? You know, uh, uh, find out instead of jumping to a conclusion, but look first, talk first, communicate and see what's going on. Poor communication. Um, we're getting ready to go into 2020. Um, people need to know what the next steps are. Even in our own life, we want to know what the next steps are because when we know the next steps, it brings inspiration. When we know what's happening, we, it brings inspiration. It helps to inspire us to take that next step. Amen? A case in point. Somebody tells you that you have a million dollars in the bank, what's your next step going to be? Check your bank account. You're going to check it first to make sure that it's in there. Am I right? Yeah. So, so you get inspired when you know what a step. So as, as, as with unity, we need to make sure that even as individuals and as me being the leader, that I'm communicating properly and that we understand what's being communicated, that there's no breakdown in communication. So let's go to the next one, number two. Number two is a big one. Gossip. Mm, boy, I don't gossip. I don't gossip. But it's, gossip is when people spread secrets, whether true or false. It's conversations that's light and formal and usually about other people's business. Y'all ain't never told nobody's business in here. I know all of us are holy and filled and fire baptized. <laughs> We're speaking it by faith. But look, don't raise your hands, but how many of you in, in here has told somebody else's business? <laughs> Thank you. Somebody back there. We have told somebody else's business that we didn't have no business telling. Am I right? That's gossip. Straight out. And it destroys unity. Gossip. So let's look at Gossip from Proverbs 21 and 19. Let's see what the word says. It says a gossip goes around telling secrets. That's the definition. And so don't hang around with chatterers. Don't hang around with a gossiper. So if somebody within this uh, community, I probably need a handheld mic today because my batteries might be going dead. So if someone within, so if someone within Open Altar, make sure that it's up on Facebook, this channel, please. So if someone in Open Altar is telling a, a, a secret or has told you somebody else's business, then guess what you need to tell them to do? Ah, I, I don't want to hear that. No, I'm okay. I'm good. So what we need to do is that threw me off. Threw me off. Y'all know how to get distracted and it kind of throw you off your little, well, let me get back on. All right. Boom. <laughs> Amen. Um, 
we, we need to not hang around. The Bible says don't hang around the chatterer. Don't hang around that person. There we go. Don't hang around that individual. And it says that one who gossips cannot be trusted. Because if they're going to tell somebody else's business, guess what they're going to do? They're going to tell your business. Am I right? So oftentimes you need to, first of all, you need to watch with who you share with. Because everybody can't keep a secret. And I've been hurt by some people, and I'm not joking. I told people or told persons, and this is, it happens countless numbers of times, you think that you can trust someone. But in the midst, you end up hearing what you told that individual, and you know that you only shared it with that one individual. So a lot of times we must be prayerful in who we tell our secrets to. And sometimes you don't need to tell them to nobody but God. Tell your feelings to God. Tell your frustrations to God because one thing about it, he can handle it, and he ain't going to share it. He's not going to share it. And not only can he handle it, but he's going to be able to do something about whatever you send to, whatever you bring to him. The person who you're telling your business and your secrets to can't help you. All they can do is listen. All they can do is listen. You may think that they can help you, but they can't. Let's look at seven, uh, 2 Timothy 2, 16 and 17. It says, avoid worthless, foolish talk that leads to more godless behavior. And the thing about gossip is gossip, the kind of talk that spreads like cancer. Gossip is like a cancer. It spreads. This person tells this person, and girl or man, I don't know if men do it as much, but I know women will. Yeah, I know they do. They do it in the barbershops. They do it just sitting around, don't you? Don't y'all, Tom? I'm messing with y'all men. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, know, I know you don't, Richard. And, and when it says it spread like cancer, guess what? You're telling this person your secret, but then this person tells that person, and this person tells that person, and this person, and before you know it, it's spread around. Now, I guarantee you, if I started on this side of the room and told this person something and asked them to relay it to the next person until it got over here to Brother Robert, I guarantee you, if I asked Robert what was said, the story would be changed by the time I told this person. Because we're going to take away and we're going to add to it the way that we see fit. Why? Because we think differently. We hear differently. Goes back to communication. And, and that is why James said that the tongue is like a what? A deadly fire. Because it can damage so much. So we have to make sure that we are not gossipers. And if you're a gossiper and if you just got to know and you got to tell it, tell the Lord deliver you today because he is a deliverer. And that's the other thing. Nosiness. Nosiness. Let me say it again. Nosiness. I see people's heads going down. We like to know. We like to know. But sometimes it's best not to know. It is best not to know because if you don't know, then you can't say nothing. So sometimes your nosiness can get you in trouble and make you just know more than what you should know because it's so burning inside of you. I, I know they're going through. I got to know. 
No, just pray. Pray about it. There you go. Pray about it. So if we know, see, if we like to know, oh, well, I, you know, I just want to know so I can pray. Well, pray anyway. You ain't got to know nothing. Let God just do what he got to do and say, Lord, lift them up. Lord, you know, do what you got to do with inside of them. Amen. So nosiness, it says the problem of gossip is not really a problem of anything else, but it's a problem of your heart. What's in your heart? What's in the deep recesses of your heart? When you connect with God, he will blind you from a whole lot of things and he will just give you, he will allow you to see things and he will shut your mouth up real quick. I've been in the midst of getting ready to pick up the phone and call someone and say something. And it, and it, won't, it, won't, about, it won't about anybody, but it was even about myself. And the Holy Spirit said, put that phone down. Talk to me. Tell me. Or a person has, has called me about something that they heard, and I will listen for the moment, but I will switch the subject. But even in that situation, I was wrong because I never should listen. You should shut it down. When, when someone comes to you and is going to tell you someone else's business, shut it down. Well, I tell you what, let's just pray about it. I tell you what, they won't come to you no more and try to tell you nothing. They'll seek another victim because they understand that you cannot, they can, you cannot, you're not going to let them use you as their trash can. Close the lid to the trash can. Empty the trash. Now this next one, when we're on number three, this next one is pride. Pride will destroy unity. The definition of pride is a, a perverted comparison, a wrong judgment regarding the value or importance of what? Of what? Self. Y'all ain't saying it. Of what? Of self. You have a wrong value or importance of your skill, your intelligence, and many other things. Now, I'm not saying that you should not value yourself. You should not value or, or, or uh, understand that God has placed something so uniquely inside of you that only you can do. But the thing is, it says a wrong judgment of regarding the value. It says a, a perverted comparison. You're, you're, the way that you see yourself, you stinking. I mean, you think you smelling good, but everybody else, you, you stink. Y'all <laughs> ever, <laughs> when we were younger, before we started using deodorant, Come on, y'all. We'd come up. We'd be outside playing all day long. And we'd come up, hey, mama. <laughs> Jesus, you need to start using some deodorant. You don't smell yourself. But my goodness, when you go to somebody else, you stinking. Or let, let me go, let me hit some of this. You ever fried fish in the house? You fried fish in the house, you didn't change your clothes before you went out. <laughs> y'all ever been, y'all ever smelled that before? That's a horrible. You going out, you done put perfume on and everything, but the clothes that you have on has the smell of the fish that you cooked. 
30 minutes ago and enjoyed. You enjoyed it. And so you going out thinking that I'm the bomb, but my goodness, you should have changed your clothes first. So pride is in that way. We have such a high opinion of ourselves, such a high value, and we don't even realize that we're stinking. We don't even realize that nobody else wants to be around us because we're prideful. Nobody can tell us anything. We're never wrong. We're always right. We're always going to do my way is right and your way is wrong. So what happens is nobody wants to be around you. Nobody wants to hear your idea. And so therefore it breaks down the unity. It breaks down the unity. Let's look at Isaiah 14, 12, and 17. And when we look at this, it is talking about uh, depicting the fall of Lucifer. Can I need that verse because I don't have it on my sheet of paper here. Um, it says, let's look at uh, verse 12. It says, how you are fallen from heaven, O shining star. Son of the morning, you have been thrown down to the earth. You who destroyed the nations of the world. Next verse. It says, for you said to yourself, I will ascend to the heaven and set my throne above God's stars. So in other words, it's the I. You see the I statement. I will ascend. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I'm going to do this because I think that I can handle this. I think that I'm big enough to do this. I think that I am big enough to ascend to the heavens. And so the next verse says, um, I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to do this. I'm higher than God. I'm going to climb up here and I'm going to rule and I'm going to reign. And I'm going to be like the most high God. But it says instead you would be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. You're going to be brought down. So when we walk in pride, we're putting ourselves above the very things of God, honestly. We're, we're looking at ourselves through a distorted lens. And so in order to correct pride, we have to ask the Lord to help, to, to help me to have a healthy vision of myself. Help me to have a healthy perspective of myself. Amen. You know, I, I pray all the time. My prayer for myself is, God, help me to see what you, help me to be and to see what you see in me. Not what other people see in me, but what do you see in me? What do you see in me? What value? I, I'm often, every day I ask God, God, help me to see myself the way that you see me. Because God will give you a healthy perspective of yourself. And he will tell you when you're stinking. He will tell you when you need to get something straight. He'll tell you when you need to go and apologize. When you don't want to go and apologize or you don't want to go and admit that you're wrong, that's pride. How many of y'all have said, I ain't going to tell them I'm, a, I ain't gonna tell them I'm sorry? Because that's going to make, make, make them think that you're weak. 
going to make you think that, oh, you know, you were wrong. Apologize anyway. And don't apologize like that. I'm sorry. You know how it is, child. You go tell the child, you tell the child, go, you got to push them up there to apologize or push them up there to say, I'm sorry. Push them up there to say, I'm wrong. I was wrong. No, you didn't do what you did in secret. Do what you did. And, and oh my goodness. Let me tell you something. God is the same God as he was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And in the Old Testament, of course, we're not living up under the law. But up under the Old Testament, if you did wrong, he didn't do you away quietly. He did you away publicly. In the New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira, guess what entered into their heart? Pride. And they came and they said that, you know, hey, I'm greater. I don't have to listen to the word of the Lord. I don't have to listen to what God is saying. And they came in and they lied. Ananias came in and said, hey, you know, yeah, is this the sum of money that you got? And he said, yes, it is. Your soul is required of you this day. Boom. Sapphira, his wife, came in. Well, your husband said this. Is this true? Is this all that you... She was like, yeah, I'm great. Boom. Just like that. We would think that God is not a just God if he would treat us according to that way this day. Amen? So pride. Pride breaks down unity. Now these last two, or last three I think it is. Last two. The last two is lack of shared purpose. Lack of shared purpose. Purpose is important. Uh, when you have somewhere or you, you will be going somewhere, you have a purpose for going there, right? If you don't have a purpose for being there, you don't want to be there. There's no motivation to go. There's nothing, there's nothing desirable for you to go. I don't go to a club, so I, I don't, my purpose not, is not in a club, so I'm not going to have a desire to go to the club. You catch me at 8, 9 o'clock at night, I'm going to be winding down. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm an early morning person. That My purpose, I find my best purpose, me fulfilling my best purpose early in the morning. Some people, are, I'm not a morning purpose person. But me, I, I, can, I can do, I can, by 9 o'clock, I can have a whole day done because I have a purpose. My purpose is in the morning. And I know what I want to get done. And if I don't get it done by 11, 12 o'clock, I'm antsy. I'm like, oh, my God, my day is gone. Where, where in the world? I don't feel like I have fulfilled my purpose. But my purpose gives me motivation. And so the importance of purpose is, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Vision, mission, and strategy helps to keep everyone on the same page and moving in the dire same direction. So in other words, we're getting ready to go into 2020, and I'm going to be uh, putting forth some vision. I'm going to be putting forth uh, 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 the, the purpose and, and, and our mission. And the thing is, is that it's going to help to keep everybody on the same course. Hopefully it will. 
It will give people a mission, a vision. It will build excitement. It builds unity. Um, the, I, I was listening to the men yesterday, and the men were saying that they are excited because of the 33 series. And it's bringing them together. And I'm loving it. So when we have a purpose for something, it brings excitement. And so when we share the purpose, it brings unity. You have the same purpose. I have the same purpose. We're two. We're joined together. Think of it in this way. Most cars, whether in your car or whether on your phone, has a what? A GPS. And you plug in the direction in your phone or in your car, right? You have a purpose. You want to get where you're going. And sometimes we don't have a clue of where we're going. We don't even know how to get there. But we plug that direction into the GPS. And the GPS, Vicky or Sui or whoever your voice you have, tells you to turn left. Go five miles. Turn right. Make a U-turn. Recalculating. God, sometimes we have direction, but we fail to put it in the GPS. God gives us direction. He knows what our purpose is. Or he puts the directions in the GPS itself. And we may start out, I was thinking um, uh, and praying a lot of times when we get something or we get information, sometimes it's a tendency for us to rush and to run and to, to move and I've got to get it done. But this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And so the purpose that God wants to fulfill in Open Altar Worship Center as well as into each and every one of your lives is not going to be fulfilled overnight. And so there are times that we are going to need to take a moment and turn up the GPS. And if we get off track, we got to listen to the GPS, which is God, and make that U-turn. Make that direction so that we can get on point because he knows where we need to be going. And then the other thing is let God be our GPS because there will be times that there will be roadblocks. There will be times that a road will be shut down that is going that may lead you and you may think it may go to your purpose. But Holy Spirit, who God is, who is our GPS, knows that this road has been closed or that there is going to be a a traffic delay and he tells you to take another route and we have to be open to that other route so in other words we have to make sure that we are have a shared purpose first of all our purpose should be shared with God and then shared with one another in order to develop that unity in order to develop that unity Shared purpose comes from communication, comes from a common sharing. In Open Altar Worship Center, we have a commonality. We're here together. We want to see the church grow. We want to move forward. We want to, to be who God has created us to be. 
And so we have to make sure that we continue to communicate the purpose and to communicate the vision and the mission, but then also grab a hold of it and share it and carry the load. And this goes to my very last point, which is sanction and incompetence. Sanction incompetence. Let me explain what that means. In order to explain what sanction incompetence mean, I need to explain what incompetent means. Incompetent means that not possessing the ability, qualification, or skill necessary to carry out a task. So sanction incompetent means that it's the act of rewarding or paying a person or an organization for being unproductive, lazy, or producing sloppy results. Come evaluation time, I, I think evaluates well, some people are on the fiscal calendar, some are on the, the, uh, uh, the yearly calendar. You get your evaluation, and you evaluate yourself. And if you, if you did sloppy, they're not going to give you a bonus. They're going to pay you what your regular wage is, but they're not going to pay you the extra. It says when an individual is allowed to not do their job or to do it poorly, that's sanction incompetence, and it happens in the church all too often. Why does it happen in the church all too often? And God corrected me on that this, uh, this week. And going into 2020, uh, 2020 um, there are going to be some different things that are going to take place. We have san sanctioned incompetence in the church because we know that some of us are not on payroll. We're volunteers. Oh, did I just, did I strike a chord? So we feel like we're only volunteers so we could perform poorly. We feel like that I don't have to be there if I don't want to be there. I don't have to put forth my very best. I don't have to support the rest of the team. Somebody else is going to be there to fulfill what I need to fulfill. I don't have to check in. And so as leaders, we tolerate that because why? We're afraid they're volunteers and they'll stop volunteering if I say something. Oh, Lord Jesus, it's quiet in here. But as a leader, we shouldn't have to say anything because volunteers, or if you've been given a responsibility or if, you have accepted a responsibility. You should do it with all of your might. Let's look at, um, uh, what, what scripture did I have for that? Yeah. It says, Matthew 25 and 26 says, but the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't, uh, didn't cultivate, why you just didn't take my money and invest it? At least I could have gotten some interest off of it. So in other words, he gave them responsibility over something. But yet, because of the fear that they had for the master, he was like, Master, I knew that you were this, and I knew that you were that. And so therefore, because I knew that you were this and that, I decided that I wouldn't do anything with it. What are you doing with what God gave you? What are you doing 
with the ability that God has given you. What God has given you is, is a necessity to not only the kingdom of God, but to the unity of Open Altar Worship Center. He's connected each of us individually. I cannot do what Gabe does. No matter how hard I try, I can play the, I play the bass, that's about it. But I can't get up here and lead a song because I'm a, I'm a background singer. I can't go and do what Diana does. Diana, I'm going to tell you, I was bragging about her on yesterday. She was like, what were you bragging about? The point of view mills. I'm going to be honest, I get just stressed out when I got to go by the mills. I do. I don't judge me. Because I'm like, I don't know. It's just too many numbers to be counting. And the last time I bought them, it was so funny. I had Tiffany on the line. Okay, Tiffany, tell me how to do this. I know how to shop for my house. Why don't I know how to shop for point of view? Because that's not my oil. That's not my anointing. Seriously. But, amen. I'm staying in my lane. But I was bragging about Diana, and I said, Diana told me exactly how much it would cost for the point of view meals for two weeks, and she is exactly right. Because when I purchased what Tiffany told me to purchase, and who told Tiffany what to purchase was Diana. You see how the unity came into play? Diana had the information. She shared. She communicated that information. It was a purpose to get the meal. She shared that information with Tiffany. Tiffany held the information and knew what to do. Then she communicated it to me, and it got the job done. And I was in budget. I didn't go over hallelujah and guess what i love it i love it i'm not promoting going and, and shopping online but tiffany she even elevated see when i went with diana before i went with her in person tiffany said well you can just order it schedule you a time and you go and you pick it up that was the first time i ever did that y'all i was like yes i love this i pulled up and they saw my little, they told me to punch in when I was leaving home. Oh, my God. They were able to track me. And I pulled up, and they were sitting there on the curb waiting for me. I didn't even have to get out. All I had to do was pump my, pump my trunk. I was like, now, this is life here. I'm excited, y'all. Because that's how God will do us. All we have to do is sit there and listen to God. And God says, I'm tracking you. All you have to do is to stay in communication with me. All you have to do is to let me know what's on your heart. All you have to do is to let me know what your need is. All you have to do is to share with me. Communicate with me. Tell me what's on your heart. And I'm putting it in the basket. I'm putting your answer in the basket. And then when you get ready to move, I'm going to tell you, your blessing's going to be right here. I just need you to get up and move. And when you get up and move, he's sitting right there waiting for you. I done got all the way somewhere. Sanctioning competence. Over some groceries being delivered. Sanctioning competence. Y'all, Colossians 3 and 23 as I'm closing. It says, whatever you do, not yet, Brother Rock, but I'm going to show a video. It says, whatever you do, work willingly. It says, do work. So listen to that. Whatever you do, whatever God has given you to do, 
It maybe looks small right now, but whatever he's given you to do, turn, tell somebody, turn to your neighbor and say, he's giving you something to do. It says to work. I want to stop right there. Work. Tell somebody, go to work. It's go to work. We ain't talking about a natural world. We're talking about working in the kingdom of God. Work. Go to work. But not only when you go to work, go to work willingly. And when you go to work, don't think that you're doing it for man. But it says to go to work as though you were working for the Lord.